Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. In this episode of Real Talk and Conversation with today's candidates, I'm speaking with my guest today, Mr. Hubert Hubert Herbert Hubert Herbert Owens, the <laughs> candidate <laughs> for Georgia State Representative of District 93 here in the great state of Georgia. Welcome to the show, Hubert. Hey, well, how you doing, my brother, man? Thanks for having me, dog. I really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, tell us a little and, bit about and, yourself, uh, man. It's Hubert. You had it the first time. Oh, I know. I was just messing well, with you. You had my name right the first time. <laughs> no, I was just messing with you. I know it's Hubert. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit about well, yourself. It, you got it. Uh, it's, I'm Hubert Owens. I'm 41 years old. I am from Maryland. And by the way, North Carolina, but came from Maryland. Uh, be more representing. Um, Run for State House, District 93, uh, parts of the cab, a little bit part of the cab, and mostly Grenet. Um, I'm an Army combat veteran, family man. Um, you know, very active in my community. I'm a part of a few boards as a board member and vice chairman. I am the mm-hmm. vice chairman for the Cab County Young Republicans. And pretty much, I'm just out here, just right now, I'm out here campaigning with some volunteers, but I'm just out here just doing the good work, trying to be. A presence in the community, you know. Titles don't change me. I always been told, you know, stay humble. Uh, this, this be a piece of the community, and that's mm-hmm. what I always been since I was in the, the military. Is that I want to serve my country again, but in a very different way. And I am in a district now that is very, I want, I would say, unhappy in a way with the presence of the, with the reason with, with the as of now, state representative. And um, it's amazing how you know, office for 10 years and nobody actually knows who you are specifically. And not just her, it's a lot of people in my district who are local officials that their own constituents don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And to me, that bothers me right there when somebody who's been in a, in a district for 20 years don't know who their current representative, don't know who their commissioners are or whatnot. That's, that shows lack of visibility to me. I can see you. I, I, I agree with you on that. So what uh, what made you get into running for office? Like, what, what inspired you to do that? Especially here in Georgia, coming from Maryland. Uh, well, here in Georgia, my job brought me here. I'm a parasite arbitrator. My job brought me back here. I was here before, and I, I kept my house here and transferred back and forth to Maryland. And what got me involved in politics here in Georgia was a lot of the laws in Georgia have not been changed since we were slaves, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the laws to me was we have a great amount of African Americans in the house. How can we not put no change or inequality in there? And I found out there's career politicians in Georgia everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I believe in term limits. Because after a while, you've been here for 10 years or more, 20 years. You're not a real politician to where now you get complacent, mm-hmm. to where now the people is not on your agenda, but the title is. And I don't believe a person, honestly, if the president got four years or eight years to be in office, I don't believe a state representative or whoever should be in office for 12 or 15 years. But I see a lot of things in Cab County that could be changed. We know a lot of things about the Cab County um, integrity when it mm-hmm. comes to certain things with constituents. Um, I'm not judging anybody what you do personally in your life. That's what you do. I'm talking about the constituents. 
and, and how they are suffering from high property tax here. Even though that is a county issue, but as a as a state rep, I can advocate for it. Mm-hmm. And I still got a lot of things now with the school systems that a lot of special needs schools and programs are not being funded. And although that's a school board problem, but it should, I, I, but I could also um, advocate for that to bring about change. And a lot of people are moving out of the Cab County because of the mistreatment from local governments is what they do and whatnot. And um, a little bit of noise right here. Let me get you right back. Hold on. And that's what they do right there is um, a lot of absentees from local politicians that don't take the constituents seriously. That's in it for the title, the seat, and, and the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a discussion before with a uh, um, constituent and and the situation, what the discussion was uh, teacher salaries and county worker salaries and state worker salaries. When your employee, when your current school superintendent mm-hmm. again pay almost close more than the governor <laughs> about six figure salary but teachers and school programs can be funded you pretty much got to advocate to get potholes fixed in your in your streets mm-hmm. you have you you most definitely got to force or lobby to get things done yourself as a community instead of your state representative your state rep doing that Mm-hmm. You know, I heard stories of the current state rep where she doesn't meet with her constituents as they request it. You know, mm-hmm. nobody should. I, I put it like this: when I get elected, no a constituent will hear from me, not from my secretary. If you want to meet with Hubert Owens, you will meet with Hubert Owens within a twelve-hour span, phone call or in person. Come to my office. I, it shouldn't be that your state rep can't call you back. And that has happened to where now where some people say that I called and called many times and left emails but no response. And to right. me that should be a crime because these people are paying your salary. Right. And I I agree with that one hundred percent. The disconnect from our elected officials to where, you know, you put them in office, but you hardly ever hear from them. They don't hold town halls. What killed me though is the fact that they do that and a lot of the I guess older generations continue to vote them back in. So with you, like, yeah, how often do you plan on having like your town halls and community events and stuff? And like, do will you do? Are you interested in doing like virtual seminars and well, not seminars, but virtual town halls and things like that? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I believe presence is the key to a healthy district and community. And I'm, I, I would love to have a, a town hall maybe once or once a month or twice a month, if need be, depending on the issues. I'll say maybe once a month. Uh, what I want to do is when I get elected is to have an open door policy, maybe like once a week you come, I'll serve you like coffee, juice or whatsoever. And you sit down mm-hmm. constituents and we sit down and we talk about how we could do change. And one thing I do hate, uh, Mr. Hicks, is the fact that passing a buck. Right. But that's not my issue. That's a county issue. That's not my issue. That's a state issue. That's a city issue. Well, no, I tell you what, we all run in the same circles. If a constituent comes to me, some constituents don't understand the process of politics or some issues. Right. They don't want to hear that I went here, but they told me to come to you. I right. went here, I came to you because I ain't getting no phone call. I ain't getting no response back to my issues. 
And to me, that's a crime right there. I don't care if it's a pothole issue or streetlight issue or what what it may be. I'm going to be an advocate for that constituent problem because you want them to vote for you once every two years, but they never see you ever until election season or mailers or whatnot. And to me, that passing a book has to stop. We need somebody who will stand up for the community regardless of what your title is. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's the, the biggest key too. And I mean, I'm, I guess that is a good, not a guess. That's a good thing to be a platform to be running on is the disconnect that we have because the people should know who's empowered to help you out. And if you're a leader, this is one I think I talked about one of my previous podcasts. Right. If you're a leader, a leader doesn't stop with just because the job is not sure. You embrace anything and everything. Now, can you actually go in and make the change? No, but you can still be a voice of advocate to get it done right. for the individual that's coming to you. So you can get out and go speak to the individual. And you know what? Right. No, go ahead. And you know what, Mr. Hiss, I'm glad you said that, though. Some constituents just want somebody to listen. Right. Some constituents just want their voice to be heard. Can you move Stone Mountain? You can't. But mm-hmm. I'm glad you sat down and talked to me. And it was just uh, it was last week when I went door knocking and lit dropping in my area to where a woman said, I'm going to vote for you because you took five minutes and listened to what I had to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to vote for you because I know who you are. And to be honest with you, people nowadays don't care about party party affiliations. Mm-mm. They just want to know, okay, then we've been in this county, a Democrat stronghold for 20 years. My property value went down, but my taxes are going up. We mm-hmm. got gunshots coming in. We got renovation, which is called gentrification, for not benefiting us. We got issues with our schools. We got issues with transportation, that's not, that's not uh, uh, equal to all of us. And some people just want to sit down there and listen and get your take on it. Like you right. said, can you change it? Probably not, but it's good that you have an open ear and they know where you stand on that issue. Right, and it's, yeah, like you said, people want to hear that you actually because you can't you're not going to necessarily agree with everything nobody will ever agree with everything but can you understand right. their struggle of what they're going through and at least like you say listen to the concerns they have and if it's something that you potentially can speak on actually speak on it right. so right so what what, what is your plan man so I mean let's tell, tell us about your plan Well, my plan, let me tell you, I got some very plans that's very unorthodox and people are very interested. One of those is something called child support reform. Uh, I'm not saying a man should not be able to pay child support, Mm -hmm. but I am going to say this, especially in times like this, when a lot of people are being affected by COVID-19 or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And some men probably had getting a second chance on being rehabilitated from society, from prison or Mm -hmm. jail. Mm hmm. Um, some men probably got laid off or whatnot, and some men probably need a little help. I do believe a man should be punished if he's not paying child support, but I don't believe that I should put a man in jail for two years or three years because he can't afford a payment. It got to be some kind of options we got to bring to the table because, you know, fathers still got rights. Um, we got to make it more easy for them to be legitimate through mm-hmm. their child's rights besides just pay child support. A lot of guys pay child support and still don't have rights. Um, what I want to do with that is also expungements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make it where it's more easier for those who are getting a second chance who's not going to be afraid to put down 
but they made a mistake of criminal history for a second chance of life. Because when I was in Maryland, I was a very big advocate and a chairman of an organization that helped ban the box. And we ban the box is, they can't ask you if you are, but that background is still going to show it. So I'm a big advocate for second chance of criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to do. Um, also, transportation in my district. You know, mm-hmm. we have, I've been speaking to some um, organizations here that have been having a martyr problem for the last 30 or 40 years. <laughs> and they feel like we need a light rail system that's mm-hmm. going to be there. I talked to a former, I ain't going to say the position whatsoever. I talked to a former resident official in DeKalb County uh, two months ago. He's not a supporter of mine. He's a supporter of my opponents. But that's okay. We can be disagree. Mm-hmm. But he gave me some job about, well, you know, we got still property. We got to do this. We got to do that. Okay. And so what, what, what are your plans? This has excuses. If people in your district, people in this, in this county has been talking about transportation, that should be an issue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when people get comfortable, like you said, when the older people get comfortable with a certain party or a certain platform, they're going to just just automatically vote for it. Um, What I really want to do is to bring a more bipartisan feel to the district. DeKalb County is mostly a Democrat. But that's okay. Like I said, we agree. We can disagree. That's your issue. But I will work work across the aisles to make sure my constituents are getting the fair and equal treatment of of, of being uh, passing bills in the Gold Dome because, you know, some of just get very petty to where mm-hmm. some people don't want to like, oh, he's a Democrat, I'm working with him. Oh, he's a Republican, I'm going to work with him. And I'll be honest with you, there, you know, I support my party, but what is the message, especially in a community that's mostly African-American? What is your agenda for people that look just like me? Mm-hmm. You know, this don't tell me something. This don't sell yourself to me. Do you know? If you don't know, say you don't know. I can get back with you on that. But a lot of things I don't know. I said there's right. so many issues going on in my district. I don't, I don't, I don't have all the answers. But mm-hmm. that's why we must work together with different with different advocacy groups, uh, clergies, uh, business people, all kind. You know, and that's what I want to bring is a is a bipartisan feel and change back. Everybody could live here. I want to bring it to see. At the end of the day, transportation, school issues, and tax issues don't discriminate. Right. I never got my property taxes so you Democrat Republican, so you're getting cheaper. Or you go in front of that judge for criminal justice reform, but the laws have been changed. A judge ain't going to ask you. The DA ain't going to ask you. Are you a Democrat Republican? <laughs> so no, we got to cheat off. It's going to benefit everybody. You know. So something a lot got to be. But we need some people who are actually in it. Uh, their heart got to be actually in it, not just for the title. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the homelessness and the loss of jobs within that district? Yeah, that right there. You know, COVID nineteen has really, and, and, and this before COVID. You yeah. know, um, a lot of jobs went out the district go somewhere cheaper because of taxes. Uh, due to COVID, it, it, it has increased. I think <laughs> a lot of our leadership, and I'm not real big on the presidential stuff. I'm talking about local leadership is because the local leadership 
people don't understand it was a fest us the most. Mm-hmm. Your state and your county and your city represent uh, officials the most. And we had got to come together, work with some organizations, uh, do some development, rather more homeless shelters or even help them get back on their feet. You know, a lot of people out there who are, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a combat veteran in the army. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those better people are veterans mm-hmm. and have some mental health issues. You know, some of them just came out of the, you know, mental health facilities and they just dropped them off in the streets. Nowhere to go. So we had got to work together. And do I have a definite answer for that? No. But I had thought about it because I was I was not just in my district, but everywhere downtown Atlanta where I work. I said, we got to do something about this. We right, got to come together and find a solution to, right, to end homelessness. And we have to. So if we could just get some local leaders together, regardless of their uh, party affiliation, some organizations, and find some land or something to develop to where we could house them, where we could... Um, teach them a trade or skill mm-hmm. or get them the mental health care that they need, I think we could put a dent in some numbers. Right. And I never understood why nobody ever really talked about that before, because even when they closed down one of the biggest homeless shelters we had within the city of Atlanta, it's like, where do all those people go to? And now you're starting to see a rise of homelessness across the state itself. Like I, like I said, I, I grew up here and never with me growing up did I see as many homeless people now in the urban areas and rural areas had since the past two years now. And I'm like, something, there's a reason behind that. Right. Especially when you talk about mass transportation and jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. where are the jobs at? The jobs in a highly populated, heavily taxed uh, areas where they can get they can get the best bang for their buck. But they're not in the urban and rural areas. So we have to travel to get to those jobs, which could take us anywhere in Georgia, an hour to two hours to get there. So what if you don't have transportation to get there? What do you have to do? You have to take the job that's available to you. Now the job available to you, they're only paying about 14, yes. if even 14, $15 an hour. But the cost of living on average is about $1,000. <laughs> so how do you work a job like that? And I guess I guess the question would be for you is going, going into office, a plan for how do you create a plan to actually benefit people to entice companies to come out to those areas, even create hubs. So you don't have to move the whole organization, but create a hub to come out to those areas to give people a place to actually work, make sustainable income that can take care of their households where they can actually, we can bridge this whole wealth gap and create uh, some, some form of wealth for them to where they can save up as opposed to trying to not even live check to check, live two paychecks to paychecks because they're not making enough off of one paycheck to take care of the bills they have right now. Right. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because transportation and jobs are a human right. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be considered uh, human rights issues where you got just like some people call food deserts, but some people, some people don't have grocery stores to go to because they have no transportation. You got to find a way out there somewhere to go to the grocery store. That's a question with the with the um, economy is we got to make the district more attractive to jobs that people could relate to that, that they're good at. Like the, just just for an example, the Cab County might be what they call a um, manufacturing city. I live not too far from uh, industrial industrial. 
mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of warehouses or whatsoever. Yep. Yes, bring some more jobs here. Right? It's going to be sustainable. And then two, Grinnett County might be what they call where it's an education center, right? Where you got Grinnett Tech or whatnot. It might be technology, for example. This mm-hmm. brings some technology-based jobs here, right? Like you said, that's going to pay people money to live off of. Because people say, well, we got jobs here. Yeah, but that McDonald's and Wendy's is not what people live off of all their life. Not a grown man like me who are 40 years old. Or, yeah, we got warehouse jobs, but they're not paying. We got to make brand companies here that see us as attractive. And one of the issues mm-hmm. that is, is taxes. A lot of companies don't want to come because of the taxes, the, the uh, tax issues. Right. You know, and then we got to ask ourselves, okay, then how many people in, the, in this area are trained for this job? Mm-hmm. Because, yes, it's in my district, but you got people coming from Atlanta or, you know, Alpharetta or whatever coming here, taking the jobs that we down been from and is in our district. Mm-hmm. So all that has got to be done. What we got to do is, though, I say just do a census of how many people here will pretty much are like you from here, Hicks. Like you can tell me what the Cab County is known for. Colonial is the granite is the granite city where you got constructions, minerals to build certain things. You know, a lot of construction goes on here and digging goes on here in Lothonia. And we could find some jobs that could, you know, train those getting out of high school mm-hmm. or college. We want we want people that's from here to stay here. And but we gotta find a way with this wealth gap, minimum wage issues. We got to find a way to bring jobs that is going to benefit the people in this area. So that's a very good question right there. And good minds like me and you got to come up with that, sit down, say, okay, then how can we make this better for this um, for this district? But you're right, though. Um, we can improve a lot of infrastructures and going to the recent sessions in the community. I mean, I, I'm sorry. At the Capitol, I don't hear a lot of talk about infrastructure. My Facebook post, I talk about infrastructure or as transportation. I talk about infrastructure or as jobs to improve mm-hmm. my district. I made two or three posts about that. And that's something that we had got to put our heads together with the state, county, you know, city officials to come together. I believe part, I live in Latonia. I cannot vote for the mayor because I live in the incorporated part. Mm-hmm. It would benefit us if we were all join Stonecrest and Latonia together. That right there would actually bring down a lot of tax issues. That right there, right now, the, the, the Stonecrest Mall is in trouble. Yep. Right now, the old Sound Club is empty. We got to find a way we could re- revitalize those buildings and infrastructure. It's good. We got it. But how can we improve it? You know, we got to find a way to get in. If the mall does close, God forbid it does. What are we going to do with this building? What's right. it going to be? Right. And then, too, we got to find out who is it. Like, people nowadays can't live off $12 or $11 an hour. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. I mean, we could train them, but we got to bring some real serious corporations to the Cab County and, uh, and well, District 93. Right. Because, I mean, like you said, the biggest thing is, one of the biggest things is even transportation. 
Because I mean, like, it's, but even if you bring a, a company out here, a major corporation out here, because DeKalb County, even Loganville, because you, I mean, part of your, your area is Loganville too, is uh, diverse. And when I'm not not diverse as far as nationalities and people, it's diverse as far as skill sets. So you have people that work with manufacturing. You have people that are lawyers. You have people that work in IT, right. like myself. You have people that work in the medical field. You have people that, that deal with marketing. People, I mean, the skill sets are here. The problem is you don't retain them because right. we all leave <laughs> and take our money elsewhere to go to work. Right. So, yeah, it's like something has to come be put together exactly. to figure out and, how and to and entice that's that because we... No, no, go ahead. Right. Right. And I, I talked... And I talked to the mayor of Stonecrest about that before. I try to make a I try to make an appointment with the mayor of Latonia. Nothing. Then call me back. I try to I try to make an appointment with different local leaders. Nothing. I'm like, okay, then yes, I'm a, a Republican candidate. But at the same time, we gotta come down with some kind of plan to revitalize, like uh, uh, Latonia. I mm-hmm. was told by some city council, well, that's not your area, that's not your district. I don't like that. It is. I don't, I don't like the word district. It made me. It puts me in a place to where those people's lives don't matter to me, and it does. Right. I want everybody in the state of Georgia because the, the, the word is state rep. Right. Not just District ninety three. Because right. the laws we make is going to affect everybody in the state, not just those in District ninety three. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. So you're right. We got to come together, but. In order to come together, we got to put away pettiness or political ideologies and things like that. So you said now you couldn't reach together. the I'll newly appointed. If a Democrat has great ideas about, well, I, I spoke with her, called her office, went to her business, uh-huh. then called me back. <laughs> I called many people, then called me back. Called some senators, then mm-hmm. called me back. <laughs> so I said, okay. So this is how we do. This is how it is. Okay. So I mean, like, but that just shows the lack of unity we have. And you say that you care. So you saying that you only work with people in your party. You only work with a certain particular individuals. So to me, that's like so. Really, the constituents don't matter to you or how they living. Right. But no. that's why I'm here. That's why I'm running. It's to, it's to bring some kind of sense of unity into it. Like I said. I work with a Democrat who got a better infrastructure plan. If Republican ain't got one, I work with that Democrat. At the end of the day, it's not about the party; it's about the people. Right. And that's I call myself people of politics. Definitely. And wealth, not just black wealth. Yes, I want African Americans. I know my opponent; she's very big. I want black wealth. Well, we all want black wealth for our own community. But not only do black people in my district. I got Italians, white. I got Hispanics. Hispanics, yeah. It's a it, it's a rainbow coalition here in Atlanta. Yeah. So I got I got a diverse community. I want to see everybody eat, not just one race of people to eat. And as a state representative, I represent everybody, not just one race. But am I concerned about my uh, African community? Yes. Do I have a black agenda? Most definitely, I do. But I also got a people agenda. Mm-hmm. And and, and and that's the main thing that we had to stop playing politics with people's lives. All right. So, so what are you all doing now in the midst of this pandemic to get your name out there? Man, right now I've been door knocking. I have been sign waving. I have been all lit dropping. I did a few podcasts. 
I've been out there. <laughs> I know I lost twenty pounds. I know I lost twenty pounds since the election season started. So yeah, so, so I, I, I most definitely been out there. So how you how you feeling about your race? I'm confident. You know, Antonio, I put it in God's hands. You know, if if God got it for me, God see my hard work, see what I'm doing. Even though I got some people out there that might want to slander my name or whatnot, that's all good because somebody told me if they're not talking about you or hating on you, you're not doing something right. So me, I just put it in God's hands and I just do my part. You know, faith without works is dead. Mm, you right about that? I pray that I do win, but I put the work in it. I put the work in it as well. So me, I just go out there and do my part, and I put the rest in God's hands. So anything else you want the people to know about you? Like per- now, outside of your whole yes please. political agenda, but um, and what you plan to do, but like, do you want anybody to do the people to know anything like particular about you to connect with you? Oh well, let me see. I am the most down to earth, homeless person. I came from, I came from backgrounds of military. I know like what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be struggling. I am the everyday person. Uh, my titles, whatever, don't matter to me or whatnot. I'm a family man. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm very big in the community. Um, I'm just everyday people. A- am I perfect? Not at all. Nobody is. But I had the biggest heart out there. And what people worry about at their dinner tables, I worry about it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I, I-, I got concerns too. And that's all of us. Like, okay, then, well, I still have my job. It COVID gets worse. Could I get laid off for lack of funding? You know, uh, taxes, property taxes, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you know, to dress the elephant in the room, people might heard about me. No, no slanders and photoshops are very creative, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't ruin Hubert Owens, because let me tell you right now, you can't defeat what destined to win, okay? If you're going to do something like that, at least make it more, at least make it more accurate. Who are all these women? You know, who are all these women? Please give me some names. I want now. Do the truth. I do. I I do got. I marry. I do got two baby mamas out there. My oldest daughter's seventeen, and my youngest daughter's eight. So you're right. I do got women outside of marriage, but I deal with because I am a father, and they're all my kids' mother. The gay accusations. Let's put it like this. Gay men don't even think I'm gay. <laughs> okay, so if you can't find nothing on me, if you can't find nothing on me, please don't make stuff up. At least make it a realistic. Because right now, people are like, okay, now you're overplaying it. Now it's like you're you're reaching for something. Mm-hmm. But no, those rumors, I don't lose sleep over it because my people who know me personally and my family, my friends know who I am. And you know what? Let's put it like this. You go on YouTube. And you see celebrities. What black man masculinity have not been attacked? Especially by angry woman or angry people. Every celebrity you hear about nowadays got a gay rumor. Even though they're not gay. But to let you go with that Antonio closing remarks. Yes, I'm happy with my life. No, I do not have to be women pregnant. It's not enough time. It's not enough time to take care of one woman. So I've been doing that. I've been doing more than knocking on doors. 
You know? Right. And yes, you were on to the 100%. You were on to 100% heterosexual people. <laughs> but I just find it coming relief. I laugh about it. And because it's all that. Yes, it's perfect timing to come out with dangerous rumors that attack somebody's character. But it's also why now? He's been out here for over a year. Mm-hmm. How could we ain't been here about this? So you trying to tell me these women just got pregnant 14 days ago? All three of them? You were on just one day at the 41 years, popped up gay one morning? <laughs> but, right. but it's funny. And I'm just glad that they gave me the publicity that I needed. So I not got more support and followers. It's the whole idea. But with that being said, Antonio, let the haters hate. Now I see you, you know. rocking that, that purple and gold. Now you you down here in Georgia now, and you, you especially coming in the heat of uh, the Falcon area. I know you supporting home team to a certain degree, at least the, the Falcons, the Braves. <laughs> I knew I knew you got to support home team, man. <laughs> now, wait, wait. okay, yes, I support B and by CB all the time. I support Baltimore today. I ain't ran the Rams. I just put on because. Outside sign, wait a minute, I just threw it on. But yes, I am a diehard Ravens fan. I gotta got support the Ravens. I do support the Falcons. I love the Braves, and I'm a huge fanatic for the Bulldogs. But um, the Falcons just make me so mad, man. I can they see how y'all do mad. it. They, they make us I, mad. I cheer for them when the, when the, clock, the, the Bulldogs made me mad during championship. The Braves made me upset again this playoffs. But I still cheer for them. You know, I, I, I've been to quite a few games here in Atlanta. I got a few jerseys and whatnot. I love everything about Atlanta. And um, I'm glad that I am running as a candidate in the state of Georgia. All right. So if people want to find you, where can they find you at? Oh, go on Facebook. It's um, Hebrew Owens for Hebrew Owens for State House HD 93 mm-hmm. or the type in Hubert Owens. Uh, my for donations or volunteering donations to see more about me, go to www.huberowens.com. That's it. Huberowens.com. Find me, check me out, leave a message in the inbox. Um, go to my Facebook page, and I get back with you. Okay. Now, before we end out, like I end all my podcasts the same way, because we got so much chaos going on in the world right now, I'd like to leave people with a word of encouragement. So what can you give people to feed over them in a word of encouragement for this episode? <laughs> oh, you got to scratch your head on that. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, everybody goes through so many different things, especially with about coronavirus. Some say it doesn't affect me. I got my job, but I'll tell everybody right now, it's just pretty much stay close to your loved ones. You know, life is short. Give it all the bitterness, the hatred out your heart. Um, stay prayed up. You know, stay humble, stay grounded. Thank God that you got jobs you're going to. I know some people lost jobs and got jobs now that they don't like. So they don't pay enough. But just, just thank God that we got a roof over our heads. Just thank God that we're not in jail. Just thank God that we're not in hospital bed. Just thank God that we're on 10 toes above ground. Because everything in this world we go through is, is, is temporary. Right. It's temporary. Um, but I would say we're going to be okay, people. You know, God got our backs. Just keep him first. Um, pray about, pray for your local leaders. Pray for Trump, Joe Biden, whoever going to be. 
pray for your state representatives. Um, let God lead you, hear the voice, hear the message. Don't be so concerned about the DNR, just hear the message and keep an open mind. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'd like to leave it as kind of kind of pick it back off of what Hubert's saying. Don't get caught up on everything that's in front of you right now and what what's being fed into you. But go by the seeds that you planted yourself and embrace what you've been uh, nurturing and what you've been watering over and watch the fruits of your nature come out towards the end of the season. Because you might be tilling and toiling right now right. and trying to get things in together. But once the season is over, you'll be able to walk out and be able to harvest what you've been working on through all this hard time. So I want to um, thank Hubert for being on the show as a guest. You know, like he said, if you want to go out and support his campaign, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Happy podcasting.